0: I know, I know. Hi, good afternoon. good afternoon. Can I just get a wee show of hands as to who's here? So if you put up your hand if you're here for the seminar. Okay, grand. Just wanted to gauge the sort of number of folks here for seminar or those who are just here for some crack. I mean, hopefully you'll have some crack at my seminar, like, but I mean, just wanted to figure out who's here for what. And can you put up a hand as well if you were here at any of the other seminars that I did? Okay, you guys were? And you guys were? Okay, very good. Okay, super. Just wanted to get a wee gauge of who's here for what exactly. So, as we said in the very first seminar that we did, this sort of picture here, what was what it trying to remind us of? That we are unique. That's right, we're all unique. And we talked a little bit about life being a roller coaster, and we looked at some of these funny roller coaster pictures that we see here, people having fun, this guy losing his phone, which is, isn't great for him got to hold on tight in the roller coaster. Some people are loving it, others not enjoying it just as much. You know, this person's getting a shock whenever they get off the roller coaster. An unexpected twist and turn in their life. Hopefully it was a good one. And this person's uh, losing their lunch on the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, not, not. yeah, like I said, I don't think this girl in the front is in too much danger. It's the two lads with their mouths open behind that are in trouble. So yes, we talked a little bit about life being a a lot like a roller coaster. Lots of ups and downs, highs and lows, right the way through our lives. And you know, in, in our program that we run called Shake, and we talk about life leaving us a little bit like a dice at times. You know, a dice, whenever you're playing a game, and we've got lots of games in here, you shake the dice and you roll it. And you don't know what numbers are going to come up, and you don't know which way the dice is going to land. And you can shake a dice and throw it, countless times on the table, and it bounces bounce in different directions, and it'll land up, land up different ways. And whenever we're going through difficulty in life, we can often feel a bit like this, shaken up, not sure which way it's going to turn out, not sure where we're going to land, not sure which way is up and which way is down. So we can be like dice, good days and bad days. Here's a couple of people having a bad day. The other day, it was like absolutely lashing and driving through Antrim, there was stacks of these massive puddles and my seven-year-old was going, oh, Dad, go through the puddles. Oh, go through the puddles. So I'm going through the puddles, making big massive splashes and then he goes, oh, there's a guy beside that puddle, Daddy. And I'm like, I know, Noah. It's like, Noah, like, what, what do you think we should do? Should we drive through the puddle and, and soak him or, or, or just avoid it? And he went, let's soak him. And I was like, now, Noah, That's actually a crime. You can actually get in trouble with the police for that. And then we'll say, and then Noah, so this this is maybe telling you a bit about my terrible parenting here. Noah's like, I'll tell him it was an accident. (laughs) So apparently if the police come knocking, I at least know my son Noah's got my back anyway in in that situation. But I said, no, I think it's better that we don't soak him. And Noah said, yeah, because then we'd feel bad for the rest of the day. Although we could let him come home and use our shower. I was was actually trying to think about that from this other guy's point of view. (laughs) How random it would have been if some random car had driven past, absolutely drenched them, then stopped, opened the door and said, would you now like to come home and use our shower? Anyway, so having a bad day there. You know, our life... Can you know, have lots of different things in it and lots of things which, which we struggle with. And we talked a little bit yesterday about navigating some of the struggles that we have in life. We reflected upon, you know, over the past couple of days, some of the journeys we see in scripture, the journey of Exodus, leaving the Egyptians, heading off to the promised land. But there was, it wasn't a very smooth journey a lot of the times. It was difficult. It had lots of ups and downs, lots of hard times and hard, hard moments. And, you know, lots of times whenever... the the Israelites really could see that God was there and God was their waymaker, showing them the way and guiding them forward, even when it came to situations which looked impossible. And we reflected a little bit on that. And when the situation looked impossible, how God showed up for them in an incredible way and and split the Red Sea and let them get across. We also looked a little bit at um, the life of David and how his life took a you know, a path that he maybe could never have imagined. Um, and we saw too that he came to a moment of difficulty in his life. He was fighting Goliath. And, you know, King Saul said, if you're going to do this, the only way you could, you could survive or even have any chance of win, any chance of making it through this tough situation against Goliath is to have the best of armor on you and to have the best weapons. But David knew that that wasn't going to work for him that that might be something that a warrior could take out onto that battlefield. But for David, going out with all of that armor on, all of that weapon, the way in which, I guess, everybody would have looked at and said, yes, that is your only chance. The best way to go and, and, and tackle this literal giant is with all of this stuff, all of this armor. And they would have been absolutely baffled, and probably you know, all sitting watching David thinking, this is the end. He's not even wearing armor. He hasn't even got a, a proper warrior's weapon. He's got a little shepherd's sling, but that's because David was trusting that God would help him to find a way through. You know, and and often God finds ways through th- difficulty for us that the rest of the world would look at and go, "What?" As Christians, you probably have already experienced, you know, that sort of attitude towards prayer. You know, it's like, "Oh, I'll pray about that. Yeah, okay, whatever. What's prayer going to do?" You know, and you that, Maybe whenever you've had a friend who's not a Christian or someone who's, who, who doesn't have a faith or believe in God or anything, or maybe even you yourself have experienced this, thinking about your own life, you've maybe said, oh, I should pray about that. But then you've maybe sort of thought, no, will that even really work? Will that work? You've seen a friend going through difficulty, hard times, maybe something in their own life or the life of someone around them, and you've maybe thought, I should pray about that, but you've not wanted to say to them would you like me to pray for that? Because you maybe think a bit like you know the army there. There's like army would have looked at David and going, "What's he going out like that for?" But they might think, "What's what's he going? To, what do you want to pray for?" You know. But God can find amazing, incredible ways through difficulty, and um, whenever we let Him and we ask Him to come in. Now I'm going to give you a couple of things to do today. So um, if my beautiful Helper could come, that's you, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Emma asked me to say that because no one's ever said that about you before, but I didn't want to say. Yeah. Okay, so if you can get a, wee, uh, a pen or a, a crayon or a pencil, or there's some about the place. I have some if you need some. How do I tighten this? No, not yet, no. If you just give out what you're asking. <laughs> How do I tighten this? Okay, so you're going to get a sheet here with pictures on either side. So if you want to concentrate on the house side of it to begin with. So you might know that we, I work for an organization called The Big House. And you can see some of our stuff at the back there. And if you want to know more about The Big House, please do come and ask us. So The Big House was set up in the mid to late 2000s does a lot of work and has done lots of work all over the years with young people with young people with additional needs in young people's mental health and mental well-being and emotional well-being and what God says in and of all of all about all of that but now for years and years and years the big house didn't have an actual big house but we do now have an actual big house, and it's up in the Mavadi, and it's a gorgeous big, big house, and it's very, very warm and welcoming, and it's a great, great place to go. It's not like a center, although we're in the process of, of getting building work hopefully started soon that will allow us to sleep 50 people at it Um, but it's never going to be like a centre if you like it's always going to feel like you're going to a big big home, we've got great gardens out the back with a fire pit, with a outside stone fire um, pizza oven and we've got like activity space and activity hall so it's a great great place Um, so we now have an actual big house that people can come to and that we can do our programs at and people can come in the future for weekends or, or at the minute come for a day or for an evening event but what i want you to do with the big house that you have in your hand is i want you to imagine what would be in your dream house if you could design your your dream house what would you put in it now you can get as artistic with this as you want you can separate that into little rooms and put things in or you can just write in it what you would want you know so what would what would you have in your dream house and on the outside you can maybe put what you'd have in the grounds around it So for a wee moment, just have a bit of imagination and dream about if you could design your own dream house, what would you put in it? If anybody does need any pens, just come and see me. Okay, so you can keep working at that. I don't mind if you doodle on it while I'm, I'm chatting or whatever, talking. You can keep working on it. But does anybody want to share some of what they would have in their dream house? What, what have we got in our dream houses here? Oh, yes, go ahead. Oh, wow, I like that. So, a massive window looking over all the fields, um, so over the big view from your house in the, in the master bedroom, the whole way around. So you got a complete panoramic view? Well that sounds great, actually that sounds really great. That'd be great at nighttime for sunsets as well, wouldn't it? Brilliant, very nice. Anybody else want to share something from theirs? Yep. Yeah. Big cinema room. Oh, perfect. Wires, uh, maker. I love that. Big cinema room with with popcorn maker and everything in it. Yes, definitely. I would have both of these in my dream house, I have to say. These these both sound great. Yep. A library. A library. Perfect. Excellent. The library as well, super. <laughs> Underfloor heating, yes. <laughs> now we're getting into some of the comfortable details as well. Brilliant. So we've got this this is this could be my dream house already. I would have all these things we're the doing house. Big panoramic view, cinema room one hundred percent, library hundred percent. Underfloor heating, definitely. A gym, yes. A, a good gym, very nice. Paula would have a gym in her house. Yes. A sauna, very good. So, uh, would it just be a sauna, or would there be a jacuzzi and a hot tub and all? Yes, very nice. The nice, the spa wing of your house, very good. Anybody else? What do they have in your dream house? A crochet corner. A crochet corner, very good. Actually, one of my friends, uh, his wife has a sewing nook. I think she calls it a sewing nook in her house. It's got all her sewing and stuff gear. Very good, excellent. And, then a and a gaming corner too. Brilliant. And would they be quite close together? So when you're done with the and just go over to do the gaming. Yeah, very good. Okay, anybody else? I heard down in this corner slides and underground passages, which sounded pretty cool. Was that right? Yes? So you'd have a slide. Where's the slide going from? From the top to bottom, from like your bedroom down to the kitchen? Perfect, Excellent. And do you know the, the makers of the Pixar movies, their studios has like passageways and underground passageways and slides and all that sort of stuff. They designed a crazy studios, which is great. Okay, anybody else? Anything else? This beanbag. That beanbag. <laughs> Very good. You want to take that beanbag home? Very good. Listen, part of our journey is our dreams. Part of our journey of life are the things that we dream and we hope for. And I'm sure if you were to think a bit more about not just your dream house, You have a lot of different dreams for your life. A lot of dreams and hopes as to what your life might be. And some of those dreams could be of all different types and natures. It might, dreams might, for maybe like journeys. You might dream about traveling and seeing lots of the world. It could be about relationships. You might dream that you would be married and have children and have kids. It could be dreams about a job or a profession You know, you might be dreaming about, you know, being a doctor. You might be dreaming about being a professional footballer. You might be dreaming about being a singer. And it's great and it's wonderful to have all of these dreams. And to have goals that we set in front of us that we want to achieve. Things that we want to do with our life. Things that we want to experience in our life. And God has dreams for you as well. And God has plans for you too. And God wants to be a part of. Of your dreams and of your plans. And he wants you to ask him into those those plans. You know we've talked over this past couple of days. About different characters in the Bible. And another character which I love in the Bible is Daniel. And Daniel's journey of life took him in a very different direction. To what I think he was expecting. And perhaps dreaming and hoping and planning. Daniel when he was a young man. Was a very very um, passionate um, scholar. Very passionate Jewish scholar. Deep into his faith. Very learned. He had studied and studied his faith. He was passionate and passionate about it. And he wanted to share it. And I have no doubt that Daniel's dreams were to be a rabbi, a scholar, to teach others, to teach other young men all about um, God and all about the the faith and the Jewish tradition. But Daniel's whole life got turned upside down when the king of Babylon invaded his home and destroyed so much of where he lived and then kidnapped him. And some of his friends. And that army took them back to the king's palace. To give you a sort of modern example. Or a modern sort of analogy of what that would have been like. If you can imagine you know, the war that's currently happening in Ukraine. If you imagine a Ukrainian town. And this town's being devastated by the Russian you know, army. And they take a young man from that town. And tell him you're coming back with us to Moscow. And you're coming to work in the Kremlin. And you're going to have to work for Putin. That's almost what that's sort of what happened with Daniel. This invading force that's destroyed where he lives is taking him back to their land. And not only that, but he's going to have to go back and work in the king or work in the palace and work for the king who, you know, sent this army in the first place. I'm sure that is not where Daniel was expecting his life to go. That didn't fit, I'm sure, in with what his plans and his hopes and his dreams for his life were going to be. He probably had in his mind a destination that he wanted to go. And I'm sure we all have as well. And that might be what ends up happening. But it might not. The other night, there was listening in the YFC tent last night to Steve speaking. And Steve was talking about a roller coaster. And we mentioned roller coasters. And he said, this roller coaster, you were going on it. And all of a sudden, it would just stop where it was and go back the other opposite direction. And you wouldn't see it coming. And then it would stop again and fire you back forward. And he said, you just couldn't see this change in direction happening. And I'm sure as you go through life, you will see changes in the direction that your life's going that you just never saw coming. You just didn't see coming. But if you trust in God and that God will guide you through those, then he will get you to where he wants you to be when you include him in that. You know... Whenever we, we go through life and we face difficulty, we've got lots of different choices to make. So we're going to have a wee, we're going to have, play a wee game. So if you all want to stand up, we're going to have a wee game of Would You Rather, okay? Oh. Right. So, we're going to start off, I know I'm sorry, this is sort of like Monday afternoon, everyone's kind of tired, doesn't want to do anything, so don't. I'm making you stand up and walk. At least two meters one way or the other. Like okay, so would you rather would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? So if you'd rather have feet for hands, go to this side of the tent. If you'd rather have hands for feet, go to that side of the tent. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go give you one that a young person gave me in one of the sessions I did. Would you rather be incredibly rich, but nobody knows you, or be incredibly famous, but extremely poor? So everybody knows you, but you've got no money, or incredibly rich, but nobody knows you. Oh, wow, that's pretty, pretty decisive there. Oh, here, here we go. I'm just in the you're in the middle, <laughs> you're not so sure. Okay bit of both. Would you rather have to eat chocolate at every meal for the rest of your life or never eat chocolate ever again? I'm seeing the sweet (laughs) tooth. Okay. Would you rather, what was that? Okay, would you rather... Actually, does anybody here have a would you rather? Does anyone here have one that they like or they do? No? Teeth for hair or hair for teeth. Oh, would you rather have teeth for hair or hair for teeth? So teeth for hair here or hair for teeth. Oh, that doesn't. That sounds pretty nasty. Okay, would you rather have pineapple on your pizza or not on your pizza? So pineapple on your pizza or not on your pizza? Well, you can have everything else, but is there going to be pineapple on it or pineapple not on it? Okay, grand. Okay, next one. Oh, computer keeps changing things. Would you, what was that one? Okay, yeah. Would you rather eat lots of apples or lots of donuts? So lots of apples over here or lots of donuts over here. My computer's gone mental. Ah! (laughs) Okay, last couple. Would you rather have the power of invincibility, so nothing can ever hurt you or harm you, or the power of invisibility? And you can turn it on and off, so you're not constantly invisible. You, yeah, you can still die if you're invincible, I suppose, of really old age, but nothing could hurt you. So power of an invincibility or invisibility. Now we know who all the sneaky people in the room are. We'll figure it out. Okay, last question. Whatever your power was there, would you use it for good and be a superhero, or would you use it for evil? And be a super villain. So superhero or super villain? <laughs> now we know definitely the people we've gotta keep an eye on. <laughs> very good. I know they say they say the hero is a good one to be, but the villain's more fun. Yeah. Okay, very good. You can all have a wee seat again. <laughs> Was that you squeaked or did it squeak? <laughs> okay so our life is full of choices okay our life is full of choices what i want you to do now for a wee second is just with the people around you can you maybe talk about some time that you maybe made a choice that wasn't the best choice that you should have made and what maybe happened have you got a story about that a choice that you made and you look back and you think i really wish i had not made that choice because all right so have we chat just amongst each other for a wee second Okay, uh, does anybody want to share what their their choice that they made was that they regret and why? Anybody? I will not, will not force you into, make, into sharing it, of course. Anybody willing to, to share a choice that they regret making? Okay, Ruben. I chose a lemon-sugar crepe over a chocolate sauce prep. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Ribbon chose the lemon and sugar crepe over the chocolate crepe, and he regrets that choice. Very good, Ribbon, thank you very much. Anybody else? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you regret not telling your mom about the, the glass you broke in the greenhouse? Yep, very good. Anybody else? Do you know it's amazing when we look at our lives, just how many choices we make on a daily basis, the choice of what we eat for breakfast, the choice of what we wear, choice of what we do that day, life has got constant choices and those choices have repercussions and take us down different paths. You know we make choices all the way through our lives and those choices are not just the small and the sort of simple things like what we wear but they're big things like what we're going to study what we're going to do with our life the organizations that we might join the people that we choose to spend our time with and then of course whenever we come to difficult moments we have choices as well how we're going to approach it are we going to try and get over these difficult moments and find our way on our own are we going to bring God into it are we going to rely on our own strength or are we going to rely on God's Um, strength to help us through those those difficult moments those difficult times you know in scripture there's a passage which talks about the man who chooses to build his house on the sand and the person that chooses to build their house on the rock and the symbolism in this passage is that if you build your house on the sand you're building it if you like on the world and what the world teaches you the one what the world says on how to do things you know a little bit like you know the the folk in in, in David's time who would have thought, yeah, the only way to fight this battle is to wear all this fancy armor and use these fancy weapons. But then the man that builds his house on the rock, that's the person that's building their life on God, that they're bringing God into all of their decisions, that they're standing on God, they're leaning on God when difficult times come. And, you know, in that passage and in that story, it says then that the storms come and the storms hit both houses. You might have sometimes think or have been said if you follow God or if you become a Christian well then surely nothing bad should ever happen to you you know what people might say to you well if you're, you're you believe in God you follow Christ you follow his teachings do you not feel then why should that have happened to you why did that bad thing happen to you when you follow God and that's a very easy way to think and I've done that myself in different times but in this passage of scripture If that was the case, then that's the exact point that Jesus would have told us. But what he does tell us is that the storms come and hit both houses. So difficult times come and hit the people who live with God and the people who don't. So just because we're a Christian doesn't mean suddenly then we are never going to have any hard or difficult times in our lives. But what it does teach us is that, that even when those hard times come and those storms come and they hit the house, because we are built on God, we have that foundation, we have that rock underneath us, that then we'll be able to withstand those storms. We'll be able to overcome those storms. Those storms won't destroy us as long as we're standing on the rock, as we're standing on God. Now, I want you to turn over your houses, okay? And you'll see on the other side, there's a desert island, all right? Now, this, this brings me to a, a, a terrible dad joke that I have. You know, I'm a dad, so I'm allowed dad jokes. There were three people stuck on a desert island, an Englishman, Scotchman, and Irishman. And one day, they found a magic lamp, and they're all holding the magic lamp, and they rubbed it, and a genie popped out, and the genie said, I'll give you three wishes, and he said, oh, is that three wishes each? He says, no, sorry, that's not how it works. You're all holding the lamp. It's just three wishes, one each. So the Englishman says, I'm so sick of being stuck in this island. I wish I was back at home with my wife and my family. And he disappeared like that. And the Scottishman said, I'm so sick of this island. I wish I was at home with all my mates. And he disappeared like that. And the Irishman said, my goodness, it's going to be awful loneliness on this island by myself. I wish those two were back. But um, that's, uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Anyway, so on this island, I want you to write the following things, okay? And you can scatter them each. You don't have to write them in a wee clump. But I want you to write the following things on this island, okay? I want you to write three places you love to go. So you can scatter them about your island. So what are three places or where are three places you love going? And it can be something as big as like, you know, Spain. Or it can be something like McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? It can be a local park. Maybe there's an ice cream parlor, but someone in here the other day talking about an amazing ice cream parlor in England, you know, that they went to. Where is somewhere you love going? Maybe it's Disneyland. Maybe it's your grand's house. It's just somewhere you love going. So three places you love going. Now I want you to, after you've done those, if you write, again, spread them all around your island, three things you love to do. So what are three things you love to do? Okay, so we should have three places we like to go, three things we love to do. Now, I want you to write what are three things that you're good at? It might, now, some of these things might overlap, they might be the same thing. So, you might love to do foot, play football, you might be good at playing football. But, what are three things that you're good at? Okay, now, write the names of three people you love being with. Now, these don't don't have to be your three favorite people. You know, it's not like these. It's just three people who you love being with. And if you want to write more names than that, go ahead. But at least three people who you love being with. So if you're sat at a table with four other people, I don't want to cause any offense. You can write all four names, if you like. Or you don't have to write anyone at that table. But who are three people you love being with. Okay, now if you'd write three things that you struggle with in life. You know, it can be something like, maybe you struggle with your temper. Maybe you struggle with a sense of purpose. Maybe you struggle, struggle with uh, image. Maybe you struggle with ad- addiction. Maybe you struggle with self-worth. Whatever it is, you know. And again, no one has to see this page apart from yourself. So write three things that you struggle with. Okay, and then after that, I want you to write three moments that you loved in your life. So, three moments. Now, you don't have to write a big long story. So you could, you could write like, you know, Disneyland, Disneyland, 2018, if you had a wonderful trip to Disneyland in 2018. Three moments you loved in your life. Could be this morning's breakfast if you had an epic breakfast. Might be one of the very recent things. So just three things that you really have enjoyed in your life. Three just really brilliant moments. Might have been passing your driver's test. Could have been your first kiss. (laughs) Maybe it was your last kiss. (laughs) Maybe it was a great conversation with someone. You just write that conversation with so-and-so. That was just a great moment, a great time. Okay, then we have just two more to do. And these last two are a bit more self-reflective, and quite often we try to avoid being too complimentary of ourselves when we're self-reflecting, sadly. And that's, I think, part of our culture in Ireland. The last two things, I want you to write three things that other people like about you. What are three things that other people like about you? And if you're not sure and there's people beside you, why don't you ask them, what what do you actually like about me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> People like your picker? It's good hair. Let's get hair. <laughs> okay, and then the very last one. The very last one, you may guess, but the last one is what are three things you like about yourself? so these might be similar it could be some of them might be similar to the things that other people like about you or they might be different maybe other people think you talk too much maybe you like that you talk too much so what are three things that you like about yourself Okay, now, I hope when you look at that map in front of you, what what you're sort of looking at there is a map of who you are, a map of your life, a map of sort of all those good things that are in your life and some of the difficult things. You know, sadly, in today's culture and, 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 and for a lot of people, whenever we are experiencing some of those difficult things and those things that we struggle with, it's almost like we've zoomed right in. You know the way on the map on your phone you can zoom right into somewhere or you can zoom right the way out and see the entire globe? It's almost at times whenever we're really struggling with something in our life, it's like we zoom right in on that bit of thing, that, that, that issue that we're struggling with. And it dominates all of our thoughts and it's almost like we can't see anything else beyond that thing, that issue that we're struggling with. And that's not a very great place for us to be. And it's not a place that God wants us to be. And God wants us to remember to zoom out from there and to see all of the great and the good things around us. Because sometimes the way that we can find our way back to feeling good and and feeling okay and feeling happy again is to zoom back out from whatever it is that we're struggling with and see all of these great and good things that make up our lives. To see all of the people that are in our lives that we enjoy spending time with. All those good places that we like to go. All of those great experiences that we've had. To remind ourselves that there are more things that we will experience in life beyond this issue that we're struggling with. That there are good things and great things in our life beyond this issue that we're struggling with. And if we can really get a good mental picture of that map of our life and all that great and good things in it. Then God will guide us to those things whenever we need them. You know, Sometimes the simplest ways to find our our way out of those feelings of anxiety or sadness or stress or or despair are some of the simplest things. But the good things that we have, sometimes it can simply be going and meeting up with a mate and going for an ice cream or a walk on the beach. Sometimes it can just simply be sitting and reflecting on some of those great times that we've had in our life that God has blessed us with. You know, we talked again, as I said, about different journeys. Talked about Exodus and going to the promised land. And you know, God has a promised land for each and every single one of us. And that promised land is a life spent with him. It's not maybe some specific final destination. I believe that what Jesus comes and teaches us and tells us, that the promised land for all of us is that relationship built on him and with him. That that map of your life that you've written there and and drawn out, that he is in every part of it. That there's nowhere on that map, on that island that you go to that God isn't. That God is there with your relationships, with your friends. That you're giving glory to God for those great times and those great moments that you spent. You know, that you're asking God to help you with those difficult things that you're struggling with. You're asking God to show you people that can help you with that. That you're asking God to give you courage, maybe courage to do something or maybe courage to talk to somebody in those moments. But no matter what it is on that map of your life and who you are, that God is there in all of it. And then through that, then we will find our ways to those good places and those places that what God wants us to go and those things that he wants to do with us. You know, like I said, I think Daniel, maybe he felt that his life was destined to be a Jewish scholar, teaching younger people and so on. And that was his dream for his life. But it ended up taking very different paths. But God took, Daniel took God everywhere with him. His faith in God always remained firm and strong, even in the face of difficult situations. You know, whenever they were being, he was being forced to try and eat food that he knew he shouldn't or wouldn't eat, he stuck with God. And of course, in that moment, whenever he's then thrown into the lion's den, he's told, "Even if you pray, if you pray to your God, you'll get thrown into the lion's den." Presented with a hard, hard choice, Daniel not just prayed, but it says in Scripture he prayed by the open window. He was so confident in God that he didn't think to himself, "Do you know what? I'm still going to pray to God, but I'll do it in the in the bathroom, or I'll do it in my closet, or I'll do it behind the bed where nobody'll see." He went and did it right at the window where anyone and everyone could see. And of course then when he was thrown down into the lion's den, people again probably thought, there's no way to find your way out of this one. There's no way through this. But God of course then provided him a way through that in safety in such a way that it spoke to the king so much that he knew that Daniel's God was real. And whenever we then have faced moments in our lives where we find difficult choices or hard things and we ask God to help us find a way let's make sure then that we tell people about the way that God helped us through that's why I tell the story about my daughter and about what happened with her because to me it shows me that God I I, we were in a, a position which looked impossible but God helped find a way through And so we should let other people be aware of that and know that. So let's make sure we share the stories to others of when God has helped us through situations and bless them because that's how we can be like these Kitsugi um, vases. There's a great, um, do you know about Kitsugi? So it's a great thing where these vases, they fall, they smash, they break. But these Kitsugi masters put them back together with gold. And now this takes a life of its own. It looks more unique than any other like it. It has its own cracks and damage, but those cracks and damage haven't diminished it. And because they've been put back together with this beautiful gold, it adds beauty to it, it adds uniqueness to it. And you'll find that some of the difficult things that you go through in your life, you might be able to bless somebody else in your life later on who's in a similar position to what you were. But because of what you did and how God worked in you and helped you through, you can bless them by telling them that by praying with them or by giving them ideas that might help them. So always when we include God in everything in our life, our hopes and dreams, whatever that might be, like our dream house, our dream job, our dream idea, for our, our dream path for our life, whenever we include him in that and when we include him in every aspect of, our, of the map of what our life is, then he will show us the way that he wants us to go and he'll bring that forward to us and then we'll be able to find him in everything that we do. And I believe that that's the promised land that God gives us, that Jesus talks about. That permanent, um, full, fully lived life with God by our side. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want to give you one wee token to take away as a reminder. So I've got, got these little mini compasses. So they are very mini. And they go on your, um, they, you can put them on like little watch straps or on chains and so on. And you just put them in your pocket. That's just a wee thing to take away, just to remind you that you know, that God is, is your compass. God is your guide. If you rely on him like David did, like Moses and the Israelites did, like Daniel did, like the disciples did, like Jesus did, then he will help you find your way through life. Even though times might be very, very tough, he will help find a way that doesn't break you. All right, so if you want to come and get one of these to take with you, or else... Paul, do you want to take a bag and I'll stand at one door and you can stand at the other door? And you can come and get one. Just as a little reminder that God will always help you find your way. A big thank you to Chris for doing our seminars at 2 o'clock for the last uh, few days. If we could give him a little round of applause. Um, and if you want to find out any more about the big house, they are at the back running the cafe um, for the rest of the day only. Um, and then get some good coffee, some snacks, and tuck shop. Uh, we'll have a board game cafe here for the next hour. Uh, and then there is DIY drama at 4pm followed by Tea Time Talent at 5pm the last Tea Time Talent of Summer Madness 23 Um, so uh, you're welcome to uh, just chill out here for the next hour there's some creative stations there's games I'll put on some music and enjoy the sunshine thank you